Okay, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the show. Another uh, interview, another guest. And tonight, I don't even know your second name. Uh, I know you're called Sean on fa Facebook. What do you go by? Sore? Sir Alba Gushoni. Aye. What's that? Sore Alba Gushoni. Well, uh, it's actually, it's like, it's pronounced like Saralapa. Saralapa Gu, which means uh, Free Scotland for. So it's like Free Scotland right. for Shawnee. For me. Excellent. So the reason um, basically we got in touch, we just were briefly talking on it there, he contacted me, I think, because you see my Janie Godley video. And then you said, um, I should maybe be aware of you because of your um, chat with the policeman that you had, a few of them actually, in your van. And um, I was quite impressed with your knowledge back then because it was like 2014, maybe even earlier, um, of um, common law and how to talk to the police to get them to leave you alone. So that was very interesting. So I've asked you on the show to maybe get into that, but just to start with, Sean, do you want to give people a little bit of background as to where you grew up and what kind of interest you at school and what kind of work you've done, brief as much as you want to talk about? Okay, so that's so that's a funny one, right? So um, <clears throat> I grew up in Cumbernauld. Um, originally born in Maryhill, but grew up in Cumbernauld. Went to school, left school with no all levels, and uh, and just started, uh, you know, working my way up up life as they do up the ladder but um what happened with this this thing with the police is i, I thought there was something no right when the police were just stopping you and handing you out fines and like you know they give you 60 pound fine or something for no wearing a seatbelt and it's like why do they benefit financially for you know surely it's my decision if i want to risk my life and you know and and everything um you know getting fines for this and fines for that and I just thought every time you do something wrong, the court or the, the government get money from you. I thought it's just a bloody racket. Um, well, I always thought, why don't they make you go and help old ladies with a shopping or something like that instead of, you know, money, you know? Exactly. I put you on a wear a seatbelt course or something like that, you know what I mean? But just take money off you, it's just robbery. Yeah. So that's what kind of um, got you interested in looking at the law. Yeah, because I kept getting stopped um, all the time with the police. I was just driving along the road in my transit. I got into my work. I'm a plumber to trade, and I was going to work, driving along the road, and, you know, the police would just stop me for no reason, pull me to the side, check all my van, check my details, you know, and it was basically one of the ones. Um, it was like they, they stop you and just sort of, they're fishing for something to find you. You know, it's, it's you know, give you a breath test, check and see if you're, what you're carrying your van for environment agency and check your tires just look anything at all just to try and get you to court or get money out you or fine you when i was 17 years old i just got my license and uh i'd had like a couple of vodkas and i tried to stay at my mate's house and he didn't let me stay so i was driving home one of my lights the two of them were on but one was on side light so they stopped me for that then that was an excuse and the breath wise me it was a little bit over the limit but that was a year ban and i had to move house um, to get closer to my work so I couldn't travel so it had a dramatic effect on my life I'm not saying it was the right thing to do uh -huh. but say, um, there was no victim, you know, etc and they're just out for commerce and made their night I guess, gets their figures up for their sales at the end of the month <laughs> I know, their pension pot <laughs> so yeah, so you just, how did you go further into that then, did you start getting pissed off with these guys um, and then decide to, did you look online or did you go to the library or something? Um, so what happened was, um, what happened was I was driving along the road in my, in my van and the police pulled me in. They tried they tried everything, you know, checked my MOT, the, my tax, my tyres, uh, breathalyzed me, looked in the back of my vehicle, 
the whole lot, and they couldn't find anything wrong with me at my van at all. So they just left me standing there. And I, I was in a hurry and I had to go to our job. And basically, they just kept me delayed. And I says, am I free to go now? And they were like, no, you'll go when we tell you. And I don't like, I've just never liked authority, to be honest. And when he says to me, um, you know, am I free to go? I kind of lost the head. And I says to him, look, this is this is why people doing South are going about shooting you guys, because you treat people like crap. You know, and he, he just pulled me out of my van. He threw me against a fence, which is assault. And um, they arrested me and locked me up in the police station. Never charged me with any crime because I never done anything, you know. And uh, they let me out and gave me a, after about six hours and gave me a sixty pound ticket. And I ripped it up in front of the police in the police station. And um, that was the last I walked. I walked away and that was the last I heard about it for about six months. And then I got a summons. And when I went and the, the, uh, I picked up the summons, which I probably in hindsight I shouldn't have done. But I went down to the police station, picked up the summons, and um, it says on it that I threatened to shoot a policeman. That I, I did this with my finger, and I threatened to shoot a policeman. I could not believe it. So I thought, I'm going to go to court, because it's just rubbish. And to be honest, if I threatened, it would have charged me something, but I wasn't charged with anything. And I could have, basically, I could have stopped the whole, the whole show in its tracks by simply saying, Your Honour, I've never been charged with any crime. I haven't been charged, and it would have been thrown out. I know that now, but at the time, I was dead eager to just sort of take on the system and try and prove them wrong. And, of course, you're never, ever going to win in a court because it's rigged. They're a bank, and they're there for your money. They're not there to draw money out your, your, uh, you know, your uh, birth certificate, your bond. So, you know, it's, it's a bank, and they're there to get money. You're never going to, you're never going to be found innocent, ever. So... Um, I got I got fined 750 quid. It took them about two years to prosecute me because I kept getting with a big massive folder and reading out a lot of the judges. And um, they couldn't handle me a lot of the time. Eventually, he just found me guilty. And um, he sends me a £750 fine of 28 days. And I says, well, I'm not giving you any of my money, so you'll just need to jail me. So they, I took it to a, a thing called a stay of appeal. And I put in a stay of appeal to the court, which which uh, took it to the European Court of Rights. And um, I just caused mayhem for the judge. I must have been a pain in his arse. You know, but I, and I just went to the jail and even I caused mayhem in there because I wouldn't let them take my photo. You know, I just says to them, my, my image is, is my, you know, it's my property and you're not taking it. And, you know, they get about 12 poles with riot shields and batons to take me along to the photo album, the photo booth and... And even then, when he says stand up in front of the camera, I just, you know, I just went like my face. And it's <laughs> the photo that they got. You know, so I just caused them mayhem. And when I when they went to release me, um, when they went to release me, they says, we can't release you without a photo. And the one that we took when you were going into the jail, you know, it isn't good enough. So we need another photo of you. And I says, well, you'll not take my photo. And they said, well, if we can't take your photo, we can't release you. I says, well, just put me back in my cell then. I was lying in my bed quite happy. I didn't ask to get out of the day. You know, I get free, free TV and three meals a day. I'm quite happy. Just put me back in. And you're like, get out. So, um, but at the time I had gout in my feet and um, it was like an arthritic condition. Your toe swells up and it's really, really painful. Uric acid in your feet. So I had gout in one of my toes, my feet. And I, could, I couldn't walk, so I was in a wheelchair. And uh, when we went to release me, I says, you, you'll need to take me home. I, I, how am I meant to go home? I, I can't walk. I can't even put a sock on my foot. 
and it was it was really really heavy with snow okay. and um, and I, I said to him you'll need to get me home and they sat and they, they, they made me sit in Berlin prison at the reception for three years before they, they had phoned some social services guy and he says I'll take him up the road so he, he gave me a taxi up the road and uh, okay. they, they says to me you could have easily phoned a taxi I says well I've got 30 pound on my, pro my property that was to do me for a week for shopping, why should I spend it to take myself home? You just brought me here. Uh -huh. so they, oh, I just caused them mayhem. Every minute I was in there, I was asking for the governor, reading law books, I'm, you know, asking for the prison, the manual. They don't like okay. me ask for the prison manual, so I, I just caused them absolute mayhem when I was in there, and I don't think they want me back, to be honest. Well, that's the thing. If you understand their game and play by their rules, and uh, you actually can hold them to account on laws that they've written, they have to abide by, but they don't actually pay much attention to until yeah, you call them on it. Exactly, exactly. And uh, this week, I found out I got um, I had a hundred and fifty pound fine, um, and it was uh, it was through a court for a bit of a grievance I had with a tenant. And um, what happened was um, they took me to court and they decided to give me a fiscal fine of a hundred and fifty pound, and I never paid it. Um, and when I contacted the the court. They says to me that I had to pay it or they would arrest my account and they arrested my bank account and I couldn't get any money out of my account. So I phoned them up, we wrote, I wrote them a letter and whatever and, uh, and I told them basically that any promise of a fine before conviction is null and void under EU law and ought not to be exercised. And straight away they just emailed me back and says that's fine, we've put it up to the judge and he squashed it. <laughs> so it's a play in words basically, Billy. It's like um, if you know... What you're talking about, you can get ready all sorts of things, court fines, parking tickets, you know, different things like that. Well, even a simple thing in your video, you um, even said he was always trying to trick you out in, in uh, one video and you just like, oh, forget, he's trying to get your name and so you're writing the name down and things like that and he's saying, do you understand? And you're saying, no, I don't understand. Uh -huh. you know, so you're, you've always got to be alert to the words that you're saying. Yeah use these things to create joinder yeah absolutely so the word the one the word understand when a police say a policeman says to you do you understand the charge what he's actually saying to you he, you think he's mean do you understand and you say well I, you know i speak the english language so yes i understand and you've just went into a contract with him and the word when the police says to you and um, do you understand what you should say is no sir i do not stand under your authority because that's basically what he's asking you. He's asking you if you stand under his authority. And if you say no, I don't stand under your authority, then, you know, the, 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 you should see, see the look in their faces when you do that. It's, you know, all these words are all, they mean something to them, but not to us. It's legalese. Well, the stuff I've been um, looking at recently, I just wondered if um, you've continued your research, because this is what I'm... Because you were doing this more or less back then, and I commend you for what you were doing because it was quite some time ago. But as far as I'm aware, these days when you, a policeman comes, the first thing he's do ask their name, get their number, sh show me your warrant card, then basically ask them if they're under their oath as a constable, and then get them to remove their mask because they're not even supposed to remove a mask. They have to identify themselves and then say, you know, then they're, you put them in position as constable, and then you can start talking to them, and they have to be that constable more or less but in your kind of thing it took them a while but eventually the guy did switch you could see him especially when you said that um i do not understand and he explained you're not following the road traffic act doesn't apply to you 
he kind of switched and then was more helpful to you and very polite. So do you reckon these guys know that they're acting in the officer and they're waiting for you to correct them and they're just trying to catch out all the time? Or some of them do, some of them don't kind of thing? Uh, to be honest, Billy, I really don't know. They give me the impression that, that you know, they're kind of, they, they know legal or they know lawful, you know, and they know what they're doing. But to be honest, I'm really, really not sure because when you try and explain these things, they kind of look at you as if you're daft. And sometimes I think you know what you're doing. You must know what you're doing. They must be able to, they must teach you what these words mean and how to trick people and blah, blah, blah. And other, yeah. then other ways I think to myself, you know, maybe they don't know and maybe they're just, they're taught the legal fashion and not the law. You know, and, and when you come up and stand up against them, they really don't know how to answer you. I think they're just maybe, they're maybe taught how to deal with, you know, about, you know people like me. I think everybody's just playing roles out in the system. So teachers are just doing what they need to do to, you know, promote bullshit. The doctors are just, they don't even don't know what a virus is. They're just handing out medicine. And the police officers, they're just doing what they're told to do, arrest this guy, he's done this. And it's all done on the assumption that we, they're the, they're the authority and we are uh, under them, you know. So it's up to us to claim our right and know who we are and put them in the correct position. And if you do that, then they're shot because not many people are doing it. But I believe if you stuck to your guns, eventually somewhere up the chain, they would um, recognise that what you're saying is the truth. Because they yeah. need, like, um, you know, evidence and stuff like that. We're going to accuse you of, of anything, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't commit a crime. So in that particular day, you just, something dead simple, you didn't obey a police sign or something like that because you changed your mind. So why should you get, you know, a fine for that? As you say, pay the monetary thing just for a simple decision you made where you wanted to go on the road. Nobody was hurt. I know. I know. So I think I think uh, what you were saying, just getting back a wee bit, when the police stop you, when they, how I get away with that now is when the police stop me, I roll down my window a wee bit and I just say, Constable, have I committed a crime? And they say, no. I say, well, I'm free to go. And they say, well, can I talk to you here? And I say, well, have I committed a crime? If I've not committed a crime, then allow me to proceed with my travelling. Yeah. You know, that's all you do. You don't even get involved in conversation with them or nothing. Yeah, that's the best way. Basically, you don't want to contract with them. No. So you give them the name. You don't give them any information. You just want to be on their way and let them yeah. cost somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, you can you can get all sorts of technical and you know and say to them, you know, do you have probable cause or reasonable articulable suspicion to stop me? But the best thing you're better you're better learning is just, am I under arrest? No, I'm afraid to go. That's all you say, and just keep saying it and saying it and saying it. You know, eventually they have to say, are you okay, you're on, you're on your way. Yeah. And film them yeah. as well. Always get your phone out and, and film them as well. They don't like that. And you've got the right to film in public anyway. I'll maybe share, share this with you after, but um, I went to the dentist, long story, but I got harangued out of there, filmed it, and they were in the wrong. I wasn't doing anything. Couple of days later, I called them back to ask for the names of the people who rang me out because I wanted to take it further. Then they said they can't comment, it's now a police matter. So the initial incident wasn't a police matter, but me asking for the names suddenly became an issue. Then uh, a few days later, the police turned up at the door. So I got the camera out and videoed that. And I never put them on that thing I said about putting them in the constable thing. I never done that. But I, I talked enough that they knew. I knew the game. I was like, oh, I was going to make it be a constable, the all legal, lawful game, and all this kind of stuff. And I said, I'm going to put that dentist on notice because they treat they went against my human rights. 
And then I said, I can tell you all about a virus and why I'm not wearing a mask. Do you want to hear it? They were like, no. And they said, don't go back there or we will or we'll arrest you. And I was just like, fine. But just meaning I didn't want to go back there. But I shouldn't have said that because I could say, well, under what cause, you know, because I never done anything there. So why are you going to turn up at my doorstep and threaten to arrest me? So since then, I've sent a letter to the Chief Police of Scotland <laughs> and put him on notice because, you know, it's all a big shit show. And the same thing's happening with my work. They've got rid of me unlawfully, I believe, sackfully, and I'm going to put them on notice. And you have to hold people account. Like right now, and the situation's going to come, maybe we're trying to get into nightclubs and whatever, and they're going to say, where's your COVID passport? And if you don't have one, they're going to try and stop you. But that's against, you know, your right and your beliefs. You don't need to carry this. It's against the Nuremberg Code. Yeah. So discriminating against against you. So you need yeah. to hold these people personal, personally accountable. And then you hold the manager vicariously responsible kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he has to take care of the employee and get rid of them or offer you compensation. And people need to know this stuff. And the more of us that know it, then the, the, the big scam is exposed. And yeah. then the police probably do their job properly, you know? Yeah, it's the Equalities Act, uh, a 2010 section 112. And it clearly states that they can't discriminate against any person. You know, it's, it's you're entitled to walk into a shop or a supermarket or a... Uh, you know, a, a dancing or whatever you want to go, wherever you want to go, and they can't say you're in, you're out kind of thing. It's it's the Equalities Act section 112, 2010. So um, it's good to know these things and quote them. Yeah. Um, and if you like, see that and you're recording them at the time, you can find them. I think it's a fine of up to £5,000 you can get for for any person that, you know, that disobeys that. So, and you can actually phone the police because they're breaking the law. That is a law. So, well, it's an act, but you pick and choose what ones you want to follow. <laughs> well, if they're trying to do you in one act, you just show them another act that basically kicks that one out of the water yeah. and puts you in a stronger position. Because these, back in the past, in the days of Kings or whatever, there was obviously tyrants going around. So people did get together and they did make this law system fair for those that know how to use it, you know, and it is in place. And no yeah. matter how they, much they try and build on top of it with their acts and statutes, and create this false authority. Essentially, the law uh, is good for us if we use it. And but it takes study, you know. That's why children never get children that have got an inherent inherent kind of knowledge of right or wrong. If you were to teach them law, they'd probably say this is bullshit, you know. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of justice in law. Well, I always tell people, Billy, that you can teach somebody the law in under five minutes. That's it. Right. It's simple. So the law is do not cause harm, loss of injury. Always be faithful in your contracts and keep the peace. That's you a lawyer now. Everything else is just bullshit. It's just statutes and acts. And statutes and acts only have the force of law with the consent of the governed. So basically, if you don't consent to the Road Traffic Act or, you know, or the um, whatever, any act, then you, you're no under that act. You've got to consent to it. You're not governed by it unless you consent. So, so basically, it's do not cause harm, loss, or injury. Uh, be faithful in your contracts and keep the peace. That is the law. Simple. There's no other law. That's it. Well, that's why they use these words like we're, we're going to mandate this, and it's now mandatory. Whereas a mandate, you know, you've not signed a, a contract for something, so they can't come above you and dictate you to suddenly make that law. 
It's not law. As you say, it's legal fiction. Yeah. Legal fiction um, to a legal person. Um, so the, the laws are kind of a, a funny thing. I was trying to tell my dad it was over visiting for his Sunday's uh, Friday dinner. And um, I was trying to tell him about the difference between law and um, and legal and how the they go under maritime law. And it was like people... It's a kind of it's a kind of difficult one to explain if you really don't know it, but it's hard to get your head around it. It's like the the common law is the law of the land and it lands to man and woman, uh, men and men and women, and the maritime law is the law of the sea. And how they got us under maritime laws because they says that we were birthed and we were birthed from our our mother's birth canal. We come down the birth canal, um, and um, also. Um, Lost my train of thought here. Ah, you come out your mother's waters basically. So that's how they they get you. And it's all these banking words like currency. Current is uh, you get water currents, you know. And this uh, this week I found out that the Statue of Liberty is is not the Statue of Freedom. It's the Statue of Liberty, and it's it's on water. It's not on land. It's actually on the water. They can't put it on the land. And I was I was kind of reading about it, but I only rather be. But I'll need to read more into it to be honest. But it's amazing the things that you find out. Yeah, certainly history is written by the winners and they're doing their best to disguise the true nature of things. Yeah. Do you know much about the actual history of the, the banking families and, you know, it all comes from the Venetians, I believe, and the whole lost law game and the maritime law and how they managed to bring it onto the land. Do you know much about the specifics no, of the history? I don't know anything about that. I just know that, like, the, the oligarchs and the Rothschilds and all that kind of stuff, but I don't, I've not really looked too much into that, to be honest. It's so uh, one of my friends is good with money, and he was telling us that they took all the gold and the silver and the copper off of all the people, and they gave them the promise of money. They gave them these these paper bits of paper, and they say that these are just as good as copper and gold and silver, and everybody bought into it. And then they changed yeah. the rules and says, you know, these no longer have the same value. So now that the queen's stolen millions and millions of wealth and gold, you know, she gives us wee silly bits of paper that they can basically just wipe out any time they want. And we've we've got nothing. I mean, pay, money really is worthless. It's yep. we obviously need to to use it just now while there's nothing, no other system. But you know, if they decided just to crash the pound, you're sitting there with worthless bits of paper. It was a, a country in the world. I can't remember what one it was, but there was paper notes lying all over the street, and the people weren't even picking them up because they weren't even worth picking up. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just bits of paper. That's why a lot of people are investing in gold right now and taking their money out of banks because they're kind of suspecting something could go tits up. Pretty yeah, shortly. yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people are doing that. They're taking their money out and investing it into different things, um, or, or st sticking it under their mattresses or something, or in their granny socks. I don't know, but I don't think. I think. I think what's going to happen is the banks have always had a bailout, and the government helped the bank with the money, and they, you know, if the bank anything happens it defaults whatever it goes under then the government step in and pay it with the taxpayers money but i think the next time what is going to happen is it's going to be a bail-in and what, what happens is if you've got money in the bank and, the, and this whole system crashes and it will crash it's just a matter of time then everything you've got in the bank isn't actually your money it belongs to them while they're holding it it belongs to them and they'll just hold it and if yeah. they can't stop you getting your money but Let's face. Let's say before Christmas the whole system collapses, 
Um, the banking system, they were already seeing the internet went down last night. Um, WhatsApp went down. There's petrol shortages, there's food shortages, the shelves are empty, they can't get lorry drivers. And the, the banks are always working with, what use working with computers as well. So if the banking system goes down, and um, then they can just restrict your money and say, well, we're not stopping you having your money, but we're only going to allow you £20 a day. And that £20 a day, you would have to queue all the way around the corner for half a mile, all social distance, all the way down to the, the bloody co-op, you know, to get your £20 out every day. So if I was if I was anybody that had any money in the bank, I would take it out and, you know, take it out and do something else with it. A lot of people are buying like small bits of silver coins and stuff like that. So it's not like big slabs of gold or silver. They're breaking it down because, you know, easier exchange if yeah. it was used for money. But uh, it's pretty crazy. It's obviously, you know, we're saying these things could happen, but it's not like it's just an accident. Um, these things are done by design. I think that Facebook down yesterday, I don't believe the story, you know, Mark Zuckerberg lost seven million or blah, blah, blah. I think it's again theatre, and they're just testing the waters and just showing you, you know, we could do this. And that yeah. actually could be preparing us or warning us in some ways, you know, you better get prepared. But we're all stuck in a position where we don't have money to go and buy land and set up. Then we just sit and wait for it, I guess. It's quite scary. I know. Well, Bill Gates is one of the biggest land owners in America now. He's buying all this land and you know, why is he buying that? Why does he need it? Is he buying it to grow food on for himself? Or for the all his cronies? Is he, is he buying it, you know, just, you know, to, to start stocking <laughs> up crops or something? I, I don't know what, what the hell he's doing, but he's one of the biggest landowners. And um, it's just, I mean, there, there you go. A couple of weeks ago, there was all sorts of things online about, uh, about the farmers. And um, they were getting paid one and a half times their crop worth um, so is it to, to, to destroy them, to destroy right. perfectly good crops. So they're, right. they're basically engineering food shops, Billy, uh, food shortages, and um, they're, they're causing food shortages. And and I don't yeah. believe, I mean, if they can if they can get the army to deliver petrol, how can they know get the army to drive a little tractor, you know, a little truck and, you know, yeah. and deliver food to Aladdles and Aldi's or Asda or whatever? Yeah, I mean, those guys are saying they've not got any new drivers training or something for quite some while. So it's like it's all been done by design, you know. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. I think that Facebook come doing is a bit of a warning, uh, and that they can just shut social media. And you know, it's 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 true what they say, and it's hidden in plain sight. Well, there's a guy I follow. I've actually interviewed him a couple of times on here. Uh, Adam Edwards. He's got this YouTube channel called The Illusion, and he does a lot of work on gematria. And he his latest post was on Facebook, WhatsApp, and the, the shutdown yesterday. And when he does the gematria on it, it's quite amazing, the numerology, to kind of show that it was like a Jesuit kind of ritual. They do so many things, like, ritualistic, you know, and on certain days and all this, and the numerology. So there's levels to things that we don't necessarily think of. And um, obviously the news, if you believe the news, that's there's obviously a level above that that they're not telling you. But, you know, it's just geniusly put together, I think, this whole... It is. Reality, that we're there's, kind of there's things that, that's, that's in front of your face that you'd actually don't realise. Like, like um, there are a couple of things spring to mind. Like, um, the word they keep using this word all the time: build back better. Right. And if you and if you put it into lowercase letters, and you know, it looks it looks like six, 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 
six right. for build, six for back, and six for better. You know, and when you watch Scotland today or any news programme, you watch uh, sports programmes, whatever, there's all these white lines going past your head, you know, white cross lines flying all over this, and you don't actually notice it. You just think it's the background, and you don't actually pay attention to it. And that's them subliminally messaging you to show you that the chemtrails, that there are all these white lines in the skies, you know, just to think that's normal. And it's, you know, it's just to get your head. And it's always a blue background with all these white lines behind. You'll see on the telly. You know that I've pointed it out. You, you know, blue backgrounds and then the white white scores lines going through the backgrounds of people, and it, it is to get people used to these what they're spraying into, into the air, into the atmosphere, called geoengineering. I have seen things even just like the opening credits of the news is so specifically detailed and graphic, and that's like puts you in a hypnotic trance just as in the opening credits. That, yeah. That's a whole lot And then when you're watching the guy talk, and then it's got the writing going underneath. That's kind of splitting your brain in two, and that's allowing subliminal messages to go in as well. Yeah, and even the TV, you know, vibrates at a certain frequency that um, was designed to mimic kind of be in tune with the human brain. So it's like a war, Lucifer's dream box, all this poison coming out of it. And yet, yesterday, you know, Facebook and Instagram goes down. Everybody gets a bit shaky, you know. So my God, what's going to happen? I know. <laughs> it's hard to imagine a world without these things now. I know. You can't, it's like, that's why they call it, it's, it's genius, really, it's odd design, and it's, uh, that, that's why they call it a cell phone, because it's a it's a prison, you just can't put it down, there's always a reason for you to pick up your phone, whether it's, you know, even just to check the time, whether it's to check your balance in your account, you know, whether it's to just like a post or see who's messaging, or, you know, it's a cell phone, you just can't get out of it, you can't put it down, it imprisons you. Just before um, coming on, uh, speaking to you, I was just watching... I met the lead singer for the Skids a few days ago, and he was in a group with um, Stuart Adams on uh, the Skids. And Adam Adamson became uh, the Big Country, so I was watching Big Country live. And um, just it wasn't at the Barrows, but it was a venue like the Barrowlands. And it just brought that era back where people used to get together, not a phone in sight, people living in the moment, pool going and just enjoying the music. But you don't get even that same atmosphere at gigs now because everyone's got their phone it's no one's united together and just living in the moment it's just the world has changed dramatically and people become distant from each other without social distancing you know etc but it's all going in that direction of isolation it's changed overnight Billy I mean I was a uh, I would I was up a, a tenement close and I was walking up the close and there was a woman walking down with her husband and while she was walking down she 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 put her face into the wall and she's coming all across you know, when she walked by me and held her breath, I mean, like, 60,000 people in Ibrox Stadium on Saturday and 60,000, you know, in Pataudry for the Celtic game. And, you know, they're all sitting beside each other and there's one person out of the maybe 20,000 that's sitting with a mask on looking stupid. But, you know, when this woman's walking by me in a tenement and she's, you know, she's holding her breath, it's, it's absurd. It's just... I don't think these people realise how, how stupid they look with these cloth masks. I mean... If, there was a, if these masks were going to do anything at all, they would be a specific medical grade. They wouldn't just be like, a, just you know what, just cover your mouth, it doesn't matter. Use your, use your football scarf if you want, or use an old hanky that your ma, your ma put up your sleeve and you're away, and it doesn't matter, just cover your mouth with anything. And people just believe this and do it. I mean, I mean, where's where's the biometric, where's the, the biohazard win, uh, bins? For all these masks to go, because when I take the dog out, they're all lying about the park and all lying about the streets. 
You know, if they're they're highly contam contaminant, then why are they lying about the streets? You know, what I mean, they should be burnt. Well, first of all, they're not highly contaminant because that's all bullshit. But in their world, it know, is. I I know. Hi. It's such a farce. It's an unbelievable joke. I still shake my head constantly when I'm out and about, especially when you see people in the street. And then you think, you know, maybe they've got a point. I was just reading about, actually, somebody shared in our Facebook group about this um, guy, and he's an open kind of Freemason and an open, uh, you know, he wants to commit genocide, basically. He's just telling people, look, look at this, people in LA slums and all these people. These are a scourge on humanity and need to be wiped out, and we are Freemasons, and we... It's our duty to do this. That's what they all kind of believe, you know. I'm not saying it's right, but when you look at some people in the street, you just think, you know, maybe they've got a point, you know, because fucking hell. <laughs> but at the same time, you feel sorry for them because it's just the TV. They're just believing the news and just trusting, you know, and they just need to get this information to them. Unfortunately, it, it, it's hard for them to come outside of the mainstream because it's that they control all the magazines, you know, and all the fucking media and all the main players. So, what do you think is happening in the grand scheme of things? Have you got any bigger ideas as to, do you think this is just a scam that's going on now? It's nothing kind of biblical or anything like that. It's just it'll play out. AIDS came and went. You know, that was a fucking another hoax. And, but do you think it's time now people have to put an end to this and pretty quick? Because Yeah, I do. I think, I think the scam's been, it's been exposed, Billy. It's like, um, you know, fair enough. You know, back in the beginning, everybody was scared. You know, we, I was watching videos of it, you know, like, you know, 10, 10 people wide in China walking along a street with all the hazmat suits on and they're spraying whatever the, the hell they were spraying, but they're spraying it all over the streets, you know, and, and kind of de, uh, or bleaching the whole streets or something or, I don't know, de-poisoning the streets or something. They, they just looked frightening and it, they scared people a lot. Um, but right. you know how we like when you're see when you're in the town and you're walking along Argyle Street or Buchanan Street and you see some guy maybe you've seen a film and somebody's playing cards and they play cards and they, they put the cards down and they say guess what one is the ace and they switch them all about and, and ten people get it wrong but there's always one guy who goes it's right there you know and he gets it right and then he does it again and there's always just one guy that sees through it well I think I was that guy with COVID because I seen through the bullshit right from the start. I told everybody, and I lost a lot of friends on Facebook for it. I really did because um, I was saying it's a hoax. How can you no see this? And they just couldn't see the hoax. And how I thought it was a hoax, right, was because there was a few people infected in Wuhan, China, and they were British, and they took them back to uh, uh, RAF Bryce Norton down down south the airport, and they landed them on the private army plane. And they all come off, the ones that were infected. I mean, firstly, you've got to ask, if there's four or five people infected, why would you not leave them in Wuhan? Why would you bring them into the UK? That just doesn't make sense. So the, the second point is, they landed them in Bryce Norton, and they come off the plane and they walked onto a bus, and they all walked onto the bus with the full spacesuits as if they were going to the moon, which is another load of shite. But anyway, they say they were going to the moon, and they were walking onto the bus, and the bus driver never had a mask on. And I thought, you know, this is the most highly infectious disease in the living, living history of man, and the guys don't even got a 10 pence paper mask on. Thought this is a load of shite. You know, and the guy behind got a space suit on. <laughs> I, and then it's like, oh, you, we can just quarantine them for two weeks now, we're fine. So if they quarantine them for two weeks, you know, why wasn't this all over? And, we, I mean, we were all locked down for God knows how long. 
you know, and nobody was allowed out the house. The streets were, I walked about with the dog one night, the streets were deserted. It was like one of the films we, you know, we, uh, what's his name, Big Tall Guy, uh, Will Smith, in that film with Will Smith walking about with his dog and there was nobody in the street. It was, it was scary, but they were still out putting the lampposts up with the 5G and putting the, the 5G masks up. But obviously they can't catch COVID because they work for open reach. You know, and the public just believe this shit. I mean, even the, the, the government and the Nicola Sturgeon was on the news and saying, oh, listen, we've, we've had some calls saying that the, the open reach guys are out and up, but they're just trying to keep the signal so you can keep in contact with your loved ones. Ah, <laughs> you're right. Funny how the lampposts are all changing now, isn't it? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what I was doing because I've seen people falling in Wuhan and I thought it was to do with 5G. I knew it wasn't a contagious virus push, you know? Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I was telling guys when I worked before the lockdown, I was, because um, I interviewed Mark Steele who talks about the lampposts um, all being changed to LED lights and he says they're a directed microwave weapon. Yeah. So, okay, they, they, before... The lockdown happened. They kind of knew I was a bit nuts, but I'm saying the lampposts are, you know, it's all 5G and shit like that. They think I'm crazy. So, anyway, for 18 months, I was trying to tell them there's no such thing as a contagious virus. And it's a long story, but it's crazy how they'll not even, people not even look at any information that you can back up what you're saying and how the government have not provided any information to back up what they're saying. Like when Nicola Sturgeon, she's always going to be the science is saying this, the science is saying that. The science is they saying, Fucking anything she's saying, you know. <laughs> it's no. I mean, I was in a bank today, right? So I'm in a bank. I was talking about the teller, and she had to make a wee phone call. So she's on hold, and and I was talking about, and I said, "Have you had the vaccine?" She went, "Aye, aye, I had two. I said, "What's in them?" She went, "I don't know." <laughs> I don't know. I was like, "So you let some stranger with a mask on that you couldn't even see her face stick a needle of chemicals in? You don't even know what the fuck is in it?" And she's like, "Um." I don't know. I imagine it's something good if they're green, is it? All right, okay. <laughs> Very nice. I mean, I say to listen, they won't even the government won't even give a kid a free school meal. And that Marcus Rashford had to had to protest and take it to the government because they wouldn't give the Wayne's a school meal that at a cost of 0.8 pence, but they'd want to ram a ram a, a vaccine in you that will cost them every but every uh, every person that gets a vaccine £22.50. Do you know what I mean? Aye. That's what they that's what they get. Every time they give you a vaccine, they get twenty two and a half quid. Because let's face it, Billy, you you vaccinate all the people, you don't have to pay their pensions. They, they, if they lived until they're 90 year old, that's a lot of pension money they've got to pay out. And they don't want you in each pension age. They want you to just work, 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 keep paying taxes and you, you retire yesterday and you die the day. That's that's what they want. Well, I've got news for you, Boris. I ain't dying. You're not taking the poison dart. No, no, take So that guy was talking about the Freemasons and wanting to kill them all. He was also mentioning about his theory. I don't know if it's true, but the graphene oxide. He was saying that it's basically got a maximum of ten years from anyone who's taken. There's different levels depending on the different state of your blood, but eventually it, it like absorbs oxygen for your blood, and then that's where the blood clots and stuff happen. But I think we've got a fucking pretty mental time ahead of us because I think a lot of placebos might have been given out originally just because it would have been weird if everyone starts getting blood clots, you know? But as they start to go for boosters and things like this, um, yeah, or even just, you know, people not being able to have children, I think it's going to be an issue as well. 
I'm sure there's a lot of um, that kind of way to control society, cut down the numbers. But I, be nice. They would say they've given us informed, you know, because they've always said we're offering the vaccine. You know, they kind of stick to their legal terminology to keep them safe. It's up to us to learn it. That's another part of why it's so important, because they do kind of stick to the rules just, you know, although it's done by deception. Yeah. I mean, back to this girl in the bank. So I says to them, I says to her, so, um, so what happened? Did you have any side effects? She says, no, but I got COVID two weeks after my second jab. And I was yeah, like, I, I, hear, I hear that all the time. It's like everybody that's getting the vaccine gets COVID. And it's like, I says, do you know that you've obviously got COVID because they've injected it into you and it's made you sick and you've, they've told you it's COVID. You know, the PCR test that they done it, the, the guy was found dead. And, um, you know, after admitting that the PCR test was just a load of shite, it doesn't work. And they've got to run it at 25 cycles for it to show up some viruses, but they run it at 45. So it shows up your granny's flu that she had in 1979. You know, it'll show up everything if you run it at 45 cycles. And the guy that invented said that, that it's, it's a complete load of shite and it doesn't work. But they're still using it and people are saying, you know, you say to people, how how did how did you know you'd COVID or oh, I got a PCR test? Like, but that doesn't work. You know, so uh, it's just that yeah. uh, the woman says, she says, I said, you know, you know, putting two and two together here, you get two jags and then all of a sudden you get COVID and you, and were you all right before that? She went, oh, aye, I was fine before it. So, so then you get two jags and then you're sick. Aye. She's like, Are you doing it? I says, no, I'm going to wait until all the lab rats get it and then I can make mine and form choice. Aye. Well, basically, I've lost a couple of friends um, through this as well, just for saying exactly that, you know, two jabs, now I've got COVID, I'm like, there's no such thing as COVID. You know, you were saying the PCR test is fake. You know, Carrie Mullis did say, that, you know, it was to use for genetic magnification. He says it's never to be used to diagnose any illness. And, you know, there's, there's no such thing as a measles virus, a smallpox virus, an HIV virus. Virus is just dead cell debris. And we do not pass it from one to another it doesn't do anything so yeah. there's literally no such thing as contagion so any talk of any particular kind of virus just kind of muddies the water it's all just dead cellular debris and that's the big scam because people are talking about oh there's a 99 percent survival rate and oh you take zinc to get over covid and all these kind of things that all muddies the waters if you actually i've been interviewing and i know this quite deeply you know that's the kind of level that people need to get to and then we can stop all vaccinations and learn about the whole medical system because taking toxic drugs is not the way to get better. No. You, know? no. you are what you eat, essentially. Yeah. Well, I said to my I said to my mum and my mum and dad, I'm lucky to still have the two of them. And uh, what I say to them was I says if, if you, any of you get out, you phone me. Because if you phone me, I'll come up to your house. I've got you know, I can get them colloidal silver, MMS, you know fruit and vegetables, cook them a proper dinner, whatever, make sure they're eating uh, Himalayan pink salt in the water, you know, all the good, good stuff, right? But the minute they phone a doctor, he sticks, he rams a rod up their nose with ethylene oxide on it, right to the base of their brain. I mean, listen, you've got to stand two metres away because COVID's so infectious, but to find the COVID virus, they've got to ram a prod up your nose to the back of your brain. That's how far into your brain they get it. And they put ethylene oxide, which is an antifreeze, and they put that on the swabs and shove it up. Uh, and then I says, what they'll do is they'll say, oh, you've got COVID, you need to get into the hospital. 
And when you're sick and you're not well, you don't know, you're all disorientated, you follow the doctor, they know best, and then um, they they take take you into hospital and then they put you in a ward and then none of your family are allowed to see you. They put you behind a screen, say, oh, they've got COVID. Then they dehydrate you. They don't. You, everybody knows the food in hospitals is utter shit. There's no nutrition in it at all. You know, they don't give you any water. They don't give you salt water. They don't give you the good things. You've not got the love with your family. So if my mum was in there and she had COVID, she wouldn't have my dad. And without my dad separating him after 60 years, it would kill him. I'd kill my mum alone, never mind anything else. Then they load them up with midazolam and uh, you know, high doses of morphine and off they go. One less pension, Boris is clapping his hands you know, again. 100%. Like, I've, I'm dealing with a dentist right now, and I basically talked to the head NH Fourth Valley, and he basically, I said they're doing a killing in the care homes and that, and he basically admitted that. And it's called the care, the, is it the death, the care pathway? Aye. And there was a guy recently, the undertaker, uh, that's doing some interviews, John somebody, he's basically saying that he's heard stories that in the care homes, they were locking people, old folk, in the care home, closing the door and not even giving them a cup of tea and letting them starve to death. I know, they are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they are. And then they're there's... They're all under like, by mouth. They're all signed as fucking uh, contract or something. They've all got to keep mega stum about it, apparently. But Yeah, and they get that, the, the NHS is getting an absolute fortune if they get you on a ventilator. Right. You know, it's like thousands of pounds if they put you on a ventilator. That's what they get. Um, but uh, I know what you're saying about nil by mouth and just and just letting the people die. They don't want the old people here. I mean, they've they've served their time. They're useless eaters, as they call. And the quicker they can get rid of all the old people, then you know the the the, the, the more pensions that they they don't have to pay. The less pensions they have to pay, but it's an it's a scam. It's an absolute scam. I mean, I, what you were saying about the the vaccines. Um, I think about forty percent of people have got placebos because. If they injected all this really, really nasty shit into everybody and everybody dropped down dead, the word would quickly go around and people would say, everybody's dying, they've all got the vaccines, they're all dead, they're all dead. And by the time they got down to the 40-year-olds, the scam would have been exposed and, you know, and their game would have been played. But so what they're doing is I think they're getting somebody, most of the people, placebos. So is it, you always you always meet somebody and you say, have you had the vaccine? Aye, I was really, really ill. I was bedridden for two weeks. I couldn't even get out. It was, I felt as if I was hit with a bus. And they turn and you say, no, I was all right. I was neither up nor down. And you think, how can that be if it's all the same stuff that's in? But what they've done is the vials, all the, the, the four vaccine makers, whatever, in the vials is not the same stuff. So if you've got a, a vaccine, all the, all the Pfizer vaccines are not, they're not all the same. They've all got different genetic codes in them. And what happens is that they, they've changed, they've put different ingredients in. So if you ever find a cure and you try to put something in you that tries that'll work on one person, it might not work on the other. Because it's it's different things they're putting in, they're not following the same ingredients. So you so that you can't trace it and you can't you can't get it out. Right. It's, it's a scam. It's a scam and it's completely evil and sick, you know. But in the same point. I think it can also kind of be a blessing if people do wake up to the scam and actually empower themselves and take responsibility back. But that to me is the hardest thing because people are so dependent on the state. They don't know how to think for themselves. We don't know how to grow food. We don't know how to live without internet and stuff. So they put us in a hell of a position before playing this card. And yeah. um, well, Australia's kicking up hell. The new Australia's all out. They're obviously having a. Um, 
they're not showing it. They're, they're, they're not showing it on the mainstream media, but Australia's going to town. They're out in the streets every single day, and they're even chanting every day, every day, all the time. And then the police are firing rubber bullets at them. A guy lost his life, got cracked in the skull, and he's, he's lying a pool of blood. He, he later died. You know, and, and if they basically, if, if Australia give in, give in, then the rest of the world is next. They need to stand strong. You know, and, and you know, Scotland should be out on the streets protesting and try to stop all this. You know, and, and apart from, you know, apart from a small number of groups, nobody's really doing anything. And this is going to come back to bite us quickly because Nicola Sturgeon's well in on this. I just don't, you know, see all these protests. To me, that can just be an endless fucking stream of stuff, just hot air, you know. If they're going to protest and actually talking about these kind of stuff and giving people, you know, homework to go away and learn the law and to go away and start enacting these things and sending letters and returning their birth certificate and doing an affidavit to the court and, you know, that's the kind of thing on mass that people would need to do. Yeah. It's just go there and shout at Nicola Sturgeon for yeah, an hour and then next week come and do the same and do it here and then everywhere. To me, it's just become another thing and that can be controlled as well, you know? Yeah, I know. I think Nicola Sturgeon's days are numbered, to be honest. She's going to end up in jail with the Nuremberg Code because the minute, the minute she starts vaccinating kids and kids start dropping down deed and getting heart attacks and the inflammation of their hearts at 12-year-old, there's going to be shit's going to hit the fan. Because people put up with when as people put up with things that happen to themselves, but when once it starts happening to their children, they won't put up with that. They will they will rise. But by that time it'll be that it'll be too late and they'll have jabbed forty thousand kids, four hundred thousand kids, I don't know. You know, and it's, it's I, I, I was reading a story of the day but some some uh, parents put their kid into school, twelve year old, and they got vaccinated without their parents' consent and the, the parents were raging. And he says, we never authorised this. And he says, well, they put it on to the kids and says, look, do you want to keep your mum and dad safe kind of thing? And she felt rotten and just rolled her sleeve up. And that that's ridiculous. I mean, that that graphene oxide travels to all the living organs in your body, doesn't it? Your testes, your, your testes, your ovaries, your, you know, your brain, it goes in your blood, your liver, your kidneys. It goes all over the place. And it's going to sterilise a lot, a lot of people. That's yeah. no kill them. Well, the, the show is things like The Handmaid's Tale, and you know, set in the future where women can't have children and stuff like that, you know. So it's just all out there, and it is scandalous that children can't uh, officially buy cigarettes, buy a lighter. Even you've got to look twenty-five to get a lighter. Now they're allowing a child to put an experimental vaccine in their arm. I know. You know, of their own accord, and as you say, pressured into doing it. It's not just. Um, informed, you know, on both sides with their parents sitting there making a decision. It's pressured in that moment. Once it's in, it's in. And these people need, do need to be held accountable. And as far as Nicola Sturgeon going on about the science, when you actually do know the real science of this, the whole thing is just an absolute fucking joke how they've got away with it. I still don't know how they're not getting held accountable by this time, because there is no evidence of any germ theory. You know what I mean? And Stefan Lanka went through the High Court in Germany to prove measles wasn't caused by a virus. So the whole scam of virus and that is just a complete lie. And that needs to come out so big. And then once people see that, they should riot in the fucking streets because the lie is that big. It's not like there is a thing called COVID and people are getting a wee bit ill, but they've exaggerated it. There's literally no way to catch a cold or even a flu from anyone else. 
that's just mind blowing to me how people haven't caught on to that yet. I mean, you try and tell them they just outright ridicule you because that's the brainwashing is that powerful, you know, it's incredible. I know. It's like the common cold. I mean, are people that I say, you know, they've, they've got the cold and I say, that's your body's way of telling you that you need to get rid of something in you and your body wants to get it out. You know, and you, take, you take hot honey and lemon, you go to your bed for a week, you take, you know, plenty of fruit, vegetables, whatever, you know, feed a cold, starve a flu kind of thing and that was it. You know, it's the that's same right. old saying, Billy, where they go, they go to the doctors, sorry, you say you go to the doctors and they say, I think I've got a, you've got a wee virus and they're like, there's nothing really you can do about it, let it run its course. What it's happened to that? Did everybody just forget about that saying? I mean, that was based on bullshit as well. So, but at the end of the day, that's it. That's what you need to do is rest. It's your body telling you you don't feel hungry, so you don't eat. You're sweating, you're going lie down, eat, drink distilled water. You know, even the water we get in the tap's poison. And um, yeah, don't eat and just fast. Maybe, as you say, fresh fruit and vegetables as you're building yourself back up and eat that mainly organic stuff. Yeah. Didn't anyone saying that? We're all concerned about the health. Nobody's mentioning getting some fresh air, going for a run and eating fresh fruit and vegetables. It's so obvious, you know what I mean? But still, the zombies. <laughs> you know, they just they just want to take injections. You know, I say back to the girl on the bike, I says, you got to take the booster. And she's like, aye, of course. I was like, but why would you take a third jag when the first two didn't work? She's like, well, it only lasts so long. I say, so is this a subscription you're in now? <laughs> he's just, he's just going to like get three jabs and a flu jab. I say, you know, they're, 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 they're not going to make a canoe out of your skin when you die, are they? She's with that many fucking holes. <laughs> I mean, fucking sick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? My, girl, my, girl, my girlfriend's a type one diabetic. She's going to sink like a stone. <laughs> no, but no. basically, just as you were saying there about, yeah, reminded me, I was going to tell you, she got taken to a hospital when she was having a DKA with diabetic, practically going into a coma, and she was crying that she didn't want the test, and still they shoved that thing to the back of her nose without her, you know, permission when she was in that state, which is outright fucking rape, if you ask me, you know, medical rape. That's <laughs> But I just I I mean to be honest the the whole the whole going down to the Louisa Jordan Centre for a vaccine and sitting two meters apart with everybody in there with a mask like a zombie and they come there with a space suit on with a glass mask and to inject you with something you know it's it's like the whole thing terrifies me it just I, I can't see how people can't see this I mean I, I just don't understand I mean every day I'm driving by bus stops and people stoning in fresh air with a mask on. That they don't need to do until the bus comes. You know, there's, there's some people are, are not even wearing the masks. But the worst one, Billy, is when you're sitting, you're standing in a pub and you, people put a mask on to walk in the door and take it off when they walk in. It's like, is the virus only at the door entrance? Is it no other place? Well, I was in a bar Danny. in Cumbernauld, actually. I was in Bar Yellow in Cumbernauld the other night. I was watching Martin Metcalf and Richard Jobson and Basically, I was sitting beside the guy at the soundboard and um, somebody came and opened the door beside the stage. So I just nudged to him. I was going to do it. I just nudged to him. There's the door probably would be better shut, you know, with the lights coming in, spoiling the atmosphere. So he like, right. And he went to walk and he went, oh, got his mask on, took three or four steps to close his door when anyone else around. I walked three or four steps back to the sound booth where I was sitting to take it off again. And then actually my girlfriend mentioned it later. Did you see that? I was like, aye, that was fucking bananas. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely just, it's just insane. 
I mean, honestly, the, the amount of people and they're, they're sitting in a room, they're having a drink, and then they want to go to the toilet, so they put their mask on to go to the toilet. Or they go, they go for a smoke and put their mask on to go for a fag, put their mask back on until they get to their seat and sit down. It's like, you know, if there was, if there was germs or virus, they'd be on your clothes, they'd be in the air. They, you know, they're going to be everywhere. They're not just going to be at the door entrance on your seat. Exactly, oh, if there was such a thing as contagion, we don't be fucking deed to be in any of this you know what I mean? And where's all the deed bodies? Where's all these? I mean, China, they see people dropping like flies in the street, where are they? Aye, it's a what? pandemic. Well, no, a pandemic, everyone's dying. Oh, oh there, was a, there was a cracker. I seen so I seen this video on YouTube and uh, they, they were lining up, they were doing all this, um, you know, showing everybody in the world all these dead bodies. So they're all in body bags. It was like 12 black body bags. And the camera was going along, going along the body bags and showing all these dead people trying to scare everybody. And the guy, the last guy, had his zip down and he's having a fag. Exactly, you see it. And it's like, wait. And then it was like the camera just moved quickly, just so they didn't show it. It's, 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 it's a theatre. It was the movie Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro, Dogs of War, I think, where basically Richard uh, Dustin Hoffman was a movie director and he directed a movie and showed it on TV. But the war never happened. So it's a movie of a war, but the war never happened. But as far as the people were led to believe it did happen, you know? Because right. it, it is all theatre, basically. They're telling us in the movie, you know, people, things like ISIS and Al Qaeda and all these kind of things. You wonder about how much of that was true and how much of it was kind of, you know, just done just to create the enemy almost. And uh, actually, it was funded by the CIA, etc., to have other jobs in there, you know? It's all shenanigans going on behind the scenes. It's never how we are presented on the news. I know. So what do you see just for uh, winding up here? Do you have any hope of people actually getting together and overcoming this? Do you think the cat's out the bag now and it's only a matter of time or do you think how far they are going to get with this plan? Well, I think, that, I mean, there's there's groups, obviously there's uh, wee groups, one of my friends does, uh, Aunt, Aunt Vax, he's called on Facebook. He's done a kind of, he does pop up protests. There was one in Toe Cross tomorrow. Um, I think it's between half past two and half past three in the, the sports centre car park. And he goes all over. He goes, um, he's up in East Kilbride. He's in the Buchanan Steps. He's in Glasgow Green. And, and they're, they're, they're gathering the momentum. They're getting more and more people there. I personally think they should, people should either block the motorways or, or go on top of bridges and hang the banners or whatever because more people see them. But he's doing good and he's getting momentum. And they were, I seen a video where they're walking through with the robotic faces on with the, the back, the placards through shopping malls and all that. That's, that's really good. It makes people stop and think, think, you know, what the hell is going on here? But it is gathering momentum. And we've already won, Billy, I think. But I think it's just a matter of time before the whole system collapses because we've got the food shortages, we've got the petrol, you know, the petrol scam. I call it because there wasn't a petrol shortage. There was, there was no fuel used during the lockdown. And they had all this surplus fuel that was going out of date. And what they were doing is basically they wanted everybody to buy all the petrol. So they tell everybody there's a petrol shortage. They all run about, fill up all their tanks with all the, all the old petrol. And then they bring in the E10, you know, and that will damage all our engines, basically. And uh, what is this E10 stuff? I've never heard of it. Um, I don't know. Just, I, I don't know, to be honest. I think it's just it's a, a new form of petrol, but... Maybe it's you no know, got the right amount of lead in it, but it's it's got more lead or, or, or something. I don't know. It's got something that maybe that'll. I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe. I, I don't know why they're they're, they're they're changing overnight. They're changing all this petrol E10. There's got to be some, something in that. But to be honest, it's not my field. I don't know anything about it. Right. 
But I just everything I, I query everything. I, I, oh yeah. I don't believe anything they tell me. Definitely not. It's just more or less the extreme opposite most of the time. But we are winning, Billy. We're definitely winning. And the word is getting about, and more and more people are waking up. And I think it's just a matter of time before people stop going like, come on, I'm on my fifth vaccine now. The guy in the corner has not even had one, and he's still alive. You're punching holes in me like a fucking... I've had more pricks than Gisling Maxwell. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. The, the people are going to wake up eventually and just and call a halt to it. And the quicker it happens, the better, because... I, I can't cope with this walking about and people walking about like zombies anyway. I want to see people's faces. Aye, it's sad more than anything else, you know. Yeah. And then there's this worry about shedding as well. People having a vaccine and they're shedding on to the unvaccinated and that's, they're making them sick. That's bullshit. That's not happening. But, you know, if people believe that can happen, then just even belief that that can happen can cause something to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, in reality, it doesn't happen. There's no biological element to it, but the mind is that strong. You can go, yeah. oh, I'm scared to catch it, then people can get ill. And well, I, was, I go and see my friend Rob and Jackie and Lindsay, their daughter, and uh, uh, Jackie and Lindsay both had the COVID vaccines. They were both really sick. You know, me and Rob were absolutely fine. So, <laughs> you know, it's like it's, it's one of the ones, it's, it's sooner or later people are going to realise it's the Jags that are making people sick. And even though I was sitting in their company, you know, I, I never I never caught a thing. They were coughing and spluttering, sweat pushing half them, really, really unwell. I'm sitting there having a cup of tea, watching the telly, giving them a cuddle on the way out, and still never had a, caught a cold or a flu. Wow, the most contagious disease ever sweeping the world. Well, well I've been fine. You know, I've I've no had a I've no even I've never wore a mask, I've no had a vaccine, and I've no even had a cold or a flu this year. None. But I can tell you about five people I know that said the COVID jags and they're all been sick. Yeah, practically. It doesn't do that. My fucking member of my family had it, got Bell's palsy, cured, went back into the second one. His face got paralysed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen some people online as well, they've got ticks as well, so they're kind of doing this all the time, right? And that's like, it was actually a policeman in Australia who was talking to a guy and he was talking to him and he's, he's got the ticks and the guy says, have you got ticks? And he's like, um, can I change the subject? They win the answer or not, but um, I, I don't know what this vaccine's going to do to people, but it's going to really fuck them up, I think. It's really, really going to knacker them. It's it's no good. You can't even, they've found graphene oxide in it, and graphene oxide's like a wee worm. It's like a wee parasite, and it goes about your body. And the minute they turn up that 5G, and they, and they, they electrify that, that thing's going to just rattle about your body, and it's like a thousand wee Razor blades spinning really, really fast, and it will just rip through you, destroy you. It's just, it's, it's genocide, mate. It's a holocaust, right. but nobody's noticing it. Well, some of us are trying to wake people up to just fucking, you know, common sense. Whatever happened to that? That's what I long for. <laughs> there's, there's no common sense, honestly. Just people are just so dumb. I can't, I can't honestly get my head around how thick people are. <laughs> It's fucking next level. <laughs> I know. You know, anyway, mate, I'm going to wind up there. But it's been, uh, is there anything you want to say to finish? Um, no, I'm all right. I'm happy. You've always. Uh, you've, you've got a YouTube channel. Do you still post on there occasionally? I, to be honest, I don't really, really. I'm just getting on with my life and just doing my own thing. I was like, you know, you put things online and you try to tell me and you just get, you get a barrage of abuse. You just, See, at the end of the day, you just think yourself, do you know what? You can't tell people, let them go on, mate. Yeah, well, that's kind of, it does t- 
turn out like that, people don't thank you for trying to educate them, you know? Yeah, I know. You certainly back in the day, I think you done a great job for um, raising a lot of people's awareness. Those videos were quite entertaining, and it's like, wow, a new way to see how the police operate. You don't have to just be a slave to them. So well done for that. I'm sure you're quite, you know, yeah, I'm sure YouTube ago, and I was at the record as well. All right, oh, awesome. Did you make any financial gain out of that? Well, I, do, I, I can't remember. I don't think you get too much. I think you get like some like two, two pence every time it gets a hit or something like that. But right. you, know, you don't make a lot of money. But turn your fame into a book or something like that, you know. And oh, see no. but I've seen the, I've seen the post a few times. Tom's son of Bobby, he's quite a nice wee guy. I seen him a couple of times when I was arrested, and he always comes in and says hello. Right. <laughs> like you back again, you know, being a good boy. I'm like, ah, fuck the system, Tom. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, I had a sense of humour, one of them at least. There. Eh? No, no, that's that. No, he was alright. He did have a good sense of humour, to be honest. But, but uh, I don't. I, do, I generally don't like a lot of them, to be honest. I think they all need retrained. Somebody should totally. police the police. Totally, hundred percent agree with that one. All right. Yeah, it's been nice to maybe we can get you back on sometime. You too, well, Billy. I'm going to let you go and I'm going to play your uh, a video, um, a banana song. Would you like to tell people how that came about? Um, well, the, the police stopped me for uh, stopped me at the side of the road and I was I was uh, having a conversation with it with the two police. One of them was a Tamsin a Bobby character, and um, and uh, I was telling him the law. Basically, he was asking me all the law. He, he was asking me, he was telling me, asking me my name and my address and all that, and I was I was telling him the law for the Black's Law Dictionary, and uh, the video went viral. It was on YouTube, and it got over a million hits, and it was called uh, Police Scotland, Best Cop, and um, it was in the Daily Record as well, the local newspapers and that, and uh, after that happened, it was uh, everybody was talking about it, everybody recognised me, they all knew who I was, and, uh, and some guy called Earthling made this song, um, just gone for a banana. I told the police I wasn't travelling. I told the police I wasn't driving. I wasn't acting in commerce. I was just simply travelling. I was going to the shop for a banana. You know, and it was really funny. I made a comedy. I made a, a bad situation kind of comedy, and it just kind of took off, and people thought it was funny. So this guy made a song. He's uh, airplane, and it, it was a, it's a good wee song. That's a good catchy wee tune. Ah, it's good. I, I quite enjoyed it, especially the, the punchline about the, the banana, the chorus line. <laughs> So I'm going to play that. Uh, I'll let you go there now and we'll catch up again sometime. Catch you later, Billy. Thanks for having us on. No problem. And, uh, just remember, Jenny Godley. She's <laughs> a wrong She's a what? She's a wrong Oh, God, I Didn't get me started. <laughs> Let's start in Jenny Godley. <laughs> That's I made a wee banner with Donald Trump in it. It's the same holding it up saying Jenny Godley's a cunt. Because she done one about him. That was yeah, really like I, I kind of says, okay, fair enough, Donald Trump is a cunt, but what about the rest of them? Why just picking him, you know? I know. <laughs> so anyway, just before I go, Jamie Godley, so we were, we were all out in an Edinburgh march. I was walking about with my shirt off, leading, the, the, leading you know, 100,000 people in the, the march for independence through Edinburgh. And uh, and I asked today a wee George Michael stunt on the, on the stage at the, at the end of the march. And I was refused because there was too many people who wanted to sing. And I would have been there in time. I'd have done a good show. the song Freedom, which is good George Michael song. Quite poignant and re relevant. And uh, so Jenny Godley was meant to be there doing a wee stunt. They chose her over me and she was an hour late. We're all still in the pushing rain waiting for her. Everything got fucked up because she couldn't be bored walking down. And she didn't even walk the march. I'm still there with pneumonia. 
what I mean, supporting Scottish independence. So don't talk to me about Jane Godley. <laughs> Up her own fucking arse, that's what she is. Aye, I've got a couple of stories as well, but... Aye, £12,000 she got paid for jagging the kid, for telling the kids to get a jag. Yeah, that's obviously struck a chord with you that video just when i seen the video i couldn't not talk about that because i was absolutely fucking disgusted at the level of bullshit and lies and how they sneakily make you feel guilty and she's talking to this kind of you know demographic of housewives in britain that listen to her and think she's cool i don't know if anyone does but apparently some people must but it's just abusing her position and if she's not checked the facts on shit she shouldn't be spouting her mouth off Regardless of how much you get paid, something over as serious as this, you know what I mean? I know. I know. Get the jag, protect granny. You could be a granny killer, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate. Catch you later, right? Thanks for having us on your show. No problem. Thanks. All right, Billy. Right, cheers. Right, bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> so that was Sean. I'm going to play his song now. Um, oh, this is, an, this is another video he done. Uh, we'll maybe play that on my shooting a shit show. Here's the one about the bananas. Hope you enjoy this one. One fine day, traversing London Road, Glasky. I felt a bit peckish. You fancy something tasty? A bird called Jackie. I travelled down the road to my local branch of Tesco. But don't get me wrong, I don't mean any friction I'm a very peaceful man, but can't say I understand To a crown policy officer living on the land Just have a 
sometimes dreams it was a basic disability My mother and my father signed me up for liability I can't even really say when I came out my mother's water So you're asking me to verify as if I'm Harry Potter Anyway, that's the song there. I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Emma was just saying, uh, Sean was mentioning the Jenny Godley where he uh, was due to speak. And I'm sure it was a couple of years ago. I think he's talking about one Independence time. Oh, Independence March. Even just a couple of years ago, Emma says she was there, was pushing the rain. She took pictures and it was two years ago today. So there we go. Another wee coincidence. So that's been the show tonight, folks. I hope you enjoyed that one. If you enjoyed it, feel free to buy me a coffee. Um, I'm basically unemployed again, so I need to fucking generate some cash. I'm going to do things with this website. I'm going to transform it, so that's all coming soon. In the meantime, any coffees are appreciated, but regardless of that, you could even join uh, Buy Me a Coffee and join Shooting the Ship membership because I'll be back live tomorrow night for that. In the meantime, guys, have a good evening. Take care and catch you later.